0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You
1: need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the K-State Wildcats from the guys of 3Maw. John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. 3 is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, let's begin the show.
2: Hello and welcome into another 3 ma. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young of K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. It is Portal Combat time, baby. We are talking Portal updates here for K-State as they hosted a major, major visitor over the weekend. They may potentially have another one on the horizon coming up this week. And uh, things are getting quite exciting as far as the Portal is concerned. But before we do that, make sure that you... Pour yourself a nice glass of 360 Vodka or Ben Holiday Bottled and von Bourbon, whichever you prefer. Make sure and support our friends at Holiday Distillery who do a great job supporting us here on the pod. They are K-State folks themselves, so make sure that you get out and support them, whether you want the bourbon, the Ben Holiday Bottled and von Bourbon, or you prefer the 360 Vodka. Either is fine with us, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to raise a celebratory glass of Ben Holiday Bottled and von Bourbon pretty soon here with uh, K-State landing the number 1 player in the portal uh well number 2 player in the portal i dy i did, is it fair to say number 2 player in the portal cuz i saw another ranking that had acemus at like i don't know like 17 or something and i was like wait have we been have we been too high on this or am i just reading a random twitter account here
3: Well, uh, he's number 2 at on 3 so uh let's go with that okay, <laughs> okay.
2: that's <laughs> Well, see, that was the other part of the Like I've read so many of these. I was like, I'm pretty sure Max Acemus was number two in Brie, but I wasn't 100% sure, and I didn't want to put you in an awkward spot. So, all right. Company man, smart man, the number two player in the portal, was uh, in Manhattan this past weekend. Despite some travel issues, uh, he did make it. And this, of course, being Max Acemus is a transfer guard from Oral Roberts, who is uh, one of the best and most accomplished scorers and players in the country. I guess I'll just, we'll start D.Y. with whatever update you want to provide on how that visit went because I know people were uh, were very intrigued and interested in this when it sounded like a lot of the buzz was moving toward Texas from national folks on where Acemas would be heading, and then he decides to visit K-State
1: first.
3: Yeah, I was, I was uh, a little taken aback by all that Texas buildup, what was it, basically Wednesday through Friday, because that entire time I knew that Kansas State visit was happening, although... I think it needed to still perhaps be locked in um, at some point there uh, for a little bit. But I was like, is is Texas really the runaway favorite? Like, everyone is certainly approaching it. Like, um, when Kansas State's getting that first visit, when even at this point, now I I think it's going to happen, but even at this point, I'm not sure that he's actually solidified an absolute drop-dead date and visit plans for Texas. Like, I think in the back of his mind, or in the front of his mind, he's visiting, he's probably going to visit Texas, but I just don't think that they've arranged those plans yet. Um not sure that they've absolutely arranged the plans for Wichita State yet either, uh, although that sounds like, according to my colleagues at On3, will be the next stop. And it sounds like, even from those that I've talked to since that trip, uh, Max A. Smith trip to Manhattan to check out Kansas State. I think they understand that he's probably going to take at least three visits. Um, so I don't think that this was something that's going to be wrapped up in the next 48 hours or anything like that. If it did, it would probably be good for Kansas State, but it would be surprising to me. So I don't have that. Even if it were to unfold in that direction, but uh, they, I. You know, from the folks I've talked to, I think they feel good about how that visit went. Um, it didn't get off to the greatest of starts, uh, to no fault of their own, right? With the the weather situation being what it was on Friday, the, his flight, you know, was supposed to get in real late on Friday night. I mean, at and end the storms, so they got diverted to Omaha. Didn't realize that they were landing in Omaha until they were boots on the ground in Omaha, um, and that was what I want to say 1:32 in the morning. They were still considering flying that night. The I guess the flight crew from Omaha to Manhattan to complete that flight um, didn't end up being able to, so it got officially canceled, I think, around 3.30 in the morning. At that point, he had to stay all night at the airport, so uh, an unfortunate turn of events. Uh, I think he got to Manhattan around noon on Saturday, I want to say, and his flight left Manhattan just before noon on Sunday, so it was, I mean, just the way things unfolded too, it was less than 24
4: hours at Kansas State d y you got paparazzis at the Manhattan airport shooting pictures at Jerome tang at two a m sleeping on the couch waiting for Acemus i go to I go to no likes to bring you bring you guys to goods, okay? Why weren't you at the airport sleeping there waiting for him? You know that's what I would have expected from you being there waiting to get an interview in right when he gets off the plane. I don't know the last time I saw a three a m it's <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Can't tell you. laughs>
4: yeah. Well, he, uh, I, I would just say, like, he does seem like a, a, guy that will be extremely mature and patient about the process and the recruiting. Like, if you look at Asmus's social media, there's, there's not really any drama about his recruitment or portal updates or anything. Like, I, it would have been easy for someone like me if I had to sleep on an airport floor and go through everything that he did on Friday night. Oh, poor me! You know, post a picture or something or update of sleeping at the airport. He didn't do anything like that. He just quietly went about the process. Only tweeted that he was in Manhattan, but didn't do any sort of pictures or any sort of updates on his visit. Maybe that's to come, but uh, just seems like somebody that isn't one to really bring a lot of attention to himself. He's a mature guy. This is going into his fifth year of college basketball, Uh, doesn't want that attention. And and we talked about it before that a lot of times these guys in the portal have had their time to shine in the recruitment. Now, he wouldn't have going to Oral Roberts, but um some of these guys handle it in a more mature or just don't not i don't want to say immature way when they do want attention but just want to go about it behind the scenes and that's it does seem like he's someone that will probably be patient and and probably take a couple more visits like dy said but hopefully hopefully case they can keep the pressure on i mean dy can they with the potential of a couple other guards visiting like estrada and tyler perry you know the thought of them locking up the two spots at the one and two is that something, or, or obviously, Asemus has plenty of options, though, so I'm not sure they can really pressure him into a spot of committing early.
3: Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, DY's like, no chance in hell. All right,
2: so there's one, I mean, I want to see it. This seems, seems like a risky, a risky play there. Yeah, when it's like, yeah, well, I mean, and all their millions to be throwing at him as part of the competition.
3: Oh, yeah, one, one step at a time, I'm sure. I mean, if it comes to that, then. You know, they have time, Um, like it's April 17th. I mean, the transfer portal is even open, but three, over three more weeks left of the transfer portal being open too. So uh, don't rule out another guy that just all of a sudden enters the portal and they're like, oh crap, let's put him at the top of the board too. Don't rule that out. Yeah.
2: uh, Remember last year, I mean, just how patient everybody had to be last year. And And that's something else that I would echo here because I know there's a thought that you see guys like, so K-State was in on Jesse Edwards, who was a transfer, at least interested, maybe in on the wrong phrase, and K-State was interested in Jesse Edwards, who was transferring from Syracuse, and he takes one visit to West Virginia, wraps it up, and commits. Um, We've seen this happen with a couple of guys here early in the process, where it seemed like there was one destination, LJ Cryer uh, is another one, goes to Houston, commits right away. Seemed like it was just a visit to kind of confirm where they already wanted to go in their mind, so it I know there was some level of disappointment from K-State fans that that didn't happen here with Ace Miss, didn't lock him down on the first visit, but I think Cole hit the nail on the head. I mean, he appears to be a pretty mature guy. I think a lot of these guys are going to do this, sort of like take their visits, take their time throughout the process. And the other reminder I would throw in there is just how big was Keontae Johnson for the squad this past year and how long did it take Keontae to actually commit last year after his visit? I think I saw someone say on the boards so how dy would have to verify this but i think it was like over a month right um before he found out about Keontae. and we had all at the time kind of given up on it didn't really think it was likely because so much time had passed and then he chose k-state um so these are difficult decisions i mean if you're a kid like ace Smith, to the point of like enjoying the recruiting process he did he went to oral roberts he didn't get to be courted by k-state texas baylor uh you know schools like that so he i'm sure he wants to uh, take his time and go enjoy all the visits. So I'm, I'm. There's no panic from me uh, on the fact that you're not coming out of the weekend with a commitment.
3: Yeah, I mean it's probably not ideal or best case scenario because I think you do see first first visit commitments quite a bit, and and you're tempting fate a little bit by him getting wooed by his old head coach at Wichita State or, you know, all the glitz and the glamor that Texas can provide. Um, is, is Wichita State really a concern here? I mean, for the for the duration, I've always been told no, <laughs> to be honest. Like, that wasn't something that was going to be considered kind of even more blunt than Tyler Perry with Texas Tech and Grant Um But if he indeed visits there, then I guess you have to um, put more oxygen into that. What you would – and I know – and I'm bringing this up because – my colleagues at on three of the texas site have raised this so i wonder if this has been bantered about within the coaching offices in austin right um if paul mills knows he's not going to get his star people back in, in uh the guy that we're talking about max ace does he say you bet you should just go play for jerome tang because that's his guy too i mean they coached together in waco they're best buds um um, they have a lot of respect for each other. I mean, that 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 crew that was together for a long time in Waco, um there's not a tighter bond than than what those guys have, whether it be drum Tang with Graham McCaslin, you know Scott Drew, um in this case, Paul Mills. I mean, those guys are very, very close. If Paul Mills has the relationship that I imagine he has with Max Amus, but knows that Max isn't going to pick what Utah State, I could see him trying to nudge him towards Kansas State, um, and perhaps not Texas, when you gotta think some of these guys, you know, they they were at Baylor for a number of years. Um, I don't think they they look too fondly at Texas either.
4: Yeah. You know, you think about Wichita State, look for, for Acehmus, you talk about getting to like a better league, going up against better competition. The American really isn't gonna be that this year. I mean, they lose Cincinnati, Houston, and they, they lose their best team. So there's really no up, not a major upgrade in competition and getting on a, a higher visibility for Acemas. Um, You know, we talk about how mature of a kid he is. Obviously, the relationship with Paul Mills is very strong. Uh, you know, this is a kid that that could have entered the portal. I bring this up because Texas, I'm sure, is going to offer a very significant financial NIL package to AceMus. and a bidding war would be very hard for Kansas State to win if it came to that. I don't think they would win that. So if Acemus was about that it would be hard for Kansas State to win this recruiting battle, but AceMus is a guy that could have entered the portal each of the last three seasons and didn't. He stayed at Oral Roberts. This is a guy that led the NCAA in scoring as a sophomore at over 24 points per game two years ago. He stayed at Oral Roberts. He, he could have left last year when he averaged 22 a game. He didn't. He stayed all four years. He averaged over 20 points per game each of the last three seasons. Would have been one of the most coveted, sought-after transfers in the country. He could have left after last season when NIL really became a big thing, but he was loyal and stayed with a guy like Paul Mills. So I, I don't think he's a guy that is going to necessarily choose the the highest dollar amount offered to him. To me, I, I, I can't speak for him necessarily, but that's just my read on the situation. I think there's going to be a balance here, and I think Jerome Tang can win this recruiting battle uh, when it comes down to it. I, I think he's obviously from Texas, Ace Miss is. K-State has very strong ties with Jerome Tang, Yurik Malagy, Jareem Dowling. This staff has very strong Texas ties. So I think K-State has a significant shot in getting the first visit. There's something to be said about getting the first visit. Now, even if they they didn't get the commitment right out of it, the fact that Acemas chose to go to K-State first, to me, is significant. When he had other options like Baylor, Texas, Wichita State, that he could have went to. And I also think there is a preconceived notion that guys on their first visit commit right away and a lot of times that is true but a lot of those are the pre-arranged situations where a guy enters the portal it's clearly already been pre-arranged through back handling uh like jesse edwards certainly feels like that was the case he had a visit to west virginia lined up within 12 hours of entering the portal and everyone assumed he was going there and committed right after his visit so those are the situations that happen. but two other guards that case State's chasing keep in mind are aaron Estrada, who's already visited cincinnati and alabama hasn't committed and he's probably going to visit K State, and then Tyler Perry, who visited Florida and Arkansas, didn't commit. So a lot of these guys also take their time and go through the process.
2: Which again, to me, like makes sense because the, this is their—if they were at a smaller school, this is this is a time to shine uh, and, and get some of that attention and soak it up. So the the other part, I mean, that I would just stress is like, look, I'm I'm on Asmus desperately. Um, well, desperately is probably too strong, but I, I really do want Max Asmus, but I also I fully trust, like, this staff's ability. Like, they're going to find guys. And like you said, D.Y., don't discount somebody else major entering the portal between now and when it actually happens. I just, last year, they really earned my trust with, like, you know, just be patient, wait it out. They're going to be able to recruit and get dudes. And even being in a conversation to the level that they are with with all these guys right now tells me how much their message is resonating on the recruiting trail. So I'm I'm just, I'm not too overly worried about this. Like, I don't think missing on on Max Miss is the end of the world, even if that were to happen.
3: Yeah, Jerome Tang. One of the things he he said since the NCAA tournament finish was like we can get in on about anyone that we want to get in on, and that that's definitely the case. That mean, when they say that, they're talking about the Max Aesmiths of the world, the Aaron Estradas of the world, probably even the Jesse Edwards of the world, because he was taking their calls at one point too. Um, even though that was a pretty quick and, and abrupt end um, that they were at least in contention until uh, for a day or two. And, and, I, and while that might seem small uh, those things weren't happening a year ago when they first took the job and you had Jerome Tang kind of outwardly admitting, he's like, I forgot, you know, he, you know, when I was toward the end of my tenure at Baylor, we were kind of picking and choosing. And this one, you really got to fight and scrap where we are now. And, I had to remember what that felt like, and just in a year, it seems like he's graduated from that on a pretty significant level.
4: And it's it's no coincidence that Jerome Tang stated he wanted two guards that have played ninety games of college basketball in their careers, and the, the first two guys that are going to take official visits to Kansas State are Max Asmus, who started one hundred and twenty three games in his career as a guard, and Aaron Estrada, who's played in a hundred games with over seventy starts in his college basketball career. So. Those two experienced guards that he really wants that have played 90-plus games, the first two guys that are visiting in Kansas State are guys that, that have played 90-plus games of college basketball.
2: Yeah, well, speaking of, I want to get the latest on what is going on with Estrada as well as Tyler Perry, the two other guards K-State is really interested in here. Uh, so we'll get to that after a break.
1: You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: Okay, so we have talked about Max Smith. Next on the list, Aaron Estrada here, another guy that K-State really wants. Hawks for transfer, conference player of the year. Um, A stud, definitely a stud. Canceled a Florida State visit. Has taken visits to Cincinnati and Alabama. This is one D.Y. where I think we feel pretty good about where K-State is sitting, Correct.
3: Yeah, I, I've always kind of been more confident on the front of Aaron Estrada, the Hofstra transfer, rather than, oh well, I wouldn't say rather. I feel still feel solid about Max Aismas. Not wouldn't predict anyone yet, I don't think, for Max Aismas. I don't think that there's been someone that's really separated themselves, although I know you know various schools feel pretty good about where they stand. For Estrada, I would probably say Kansas State's number one. Um, I've felt that way for a little bit. It's probably a very positive sign, and we haven't really heard anything from Alabama since that visit because um, typically if something we're going to unfold. It would unfold pretty quickly. Now, probably hold your breath because the next 24, 48 hours sounds like there's going to be a lot of decisions being made from the transfer portal, uh, according to Joe Tipton what, of On3, that's going to release some of those, I'm sure. Um, you hope Estrada is not one of those and surprises you with an Alabama commitment. It's not something that I have heard. So I'm not really paranoid about it, at least yet, but that's something you got to be leery of. But I definitely, have, for you know, the last few weeks, have felt better about where K-State is with Darren Estrada than, than necessarily any other target that they've pursued.
4: Yeah, I think you feel a little bit encouraged that we're now over 48 hours, I believe, removed from the conclusion of his visit to Tuscaloosa, and there hasn't been a commitment announcement, and it, it sounds like he'll be visiting K-State. So I, th- I think... You feel okay about that, and this this would be a big-time get. I mean, guys, this is the number six player in the portal. You're talking about 1,300-plus players in the transfer portal. He's the sixth-ranked player in the portal, according to On3, the number two shooting guard in the portal. Nearly 1,500 points scored in his career. I mentioned he's played 100 games. Uh, You know, over the last two seasons, average over 19 points per game on 48% shooting. He's a lefty. He's got a really nice stroke, a really nice mid-range shot in addition to the ability to knock down the three. 35% on threes, 131 of 375 over the last two seasons, was 37% from three this last season on over 100 attempts. And really where he he really impresses you is his ability to knock down twos. He's 56% on twos over the last two seasons. And also, we talked about it on the last pod, but a really good rebounding guard, over five and a half rebounds per game, had games with 10, nine rebounds against Power 5 teams. So would be a big, big-time get, an electric score um, that, that's that been very experienced in the college basketball landscape. So hopefully Kansas State can get him locked down. As far as the visit goes, D.Y.,
2: what do
3: we what do we know? What's the latest
2: on that for Estrada?
3: I believe the plan is for Thursday that he'll be arriving in Manhattan. Um, I don't know that that's like super super final, but that was that that's the word. I'll just say that that's the word to to expect him on Thursday.
4: I didn't know if I was giving away. I, I started to question myself. D Y didn't want me to mention that he might be visiting, so uh, so I'm, I mean uh...
3: at this point, I mean I think I first caught wind of it actually from my colleagues at the Alabama site. Mm-hmm. and on three. I think they were. They were the first ones actually aware of a visit, and I heard it from you know a few of my sources as well. So, um, yeah, I think so. I, I think Alabama knew that was already on the schedule as well. Um, just like Kansas, they knew he was going to be at Alabama. You know, he's also visited Cincinnati. Uh, it's I think it's probably uh, relevant to mention that he canceled the Florida State trip according to Joe Tipton of On Three as well. So, Florida State seemingly not in the discussion. I think that's because. Florida State, not that this they landed somewhat better, but I think Florida State did just take someone else that was probably where that spot was designated.
4: Uh, they, they took a guard and their, uh, their assistant coach, uh, R.J. Barsh, he actually left for Gonzaga this weekend too, so I don't know if that had an impact. I just know Max Asmus had followed that guy, that assistant coach on, a, on IG a few days ago, so I thought Florida State might be trying to get on on him.
3: Yeah, you, you you always have to watch Florida State because one of the best head coach recruiters in the country is Leonard Hamilton.
4: I
2: was gonna say Florida State's kind of like sneaky with that man. They're the, like respect to to Leonard Hamilton for sure. Well, honestly, respect to Bob Huggins too. I don't. I was talking to you guys like I, I don't really understand how the hell he's doing this, but he's pulling some big names from the portal. I do they is that Manhattan kid that's been like sitting in limbo for a year? Is he gonna be able to play this year? Yeah.
4: Yeah, he he's the one recruiting a lot of these kids up I at leave. I was is that Jose Perez? Jose Perez yeah, Perez, yeah, average over twenty a game. So like, yeah, uh, uh, he was uh, a huge uh, kid last year, and now
2: they, I mean, they got Jesse Edwards, and then they got the Arizona kid too, who I I know Cole thinks not as highly of, but he was pretty sought after. I just yeah, I would,
3: I would say Cole's not as high as Carissa, uh, and and I think Arizona wanted to upgrade over him, so I I understand. Um, that thought process. At the same time, crease is probably still an upgrade for West Virginia.
4: Mm. I'd have Kedrian Johnson, their point guard this last year, over uh, Kreese. I think they downgraded. I think that's a significant downgrade. So you guys know I watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball because I'm up late at night, and I'm not a Kirk Kreese fan. He's not a playmaker. He's a, he's a guy that likes to shoot some threes, and he likes to run his mouth. And uh, he runs his mouth and doesn't have a lot to back it up to me.
2: Well, and then the other thing, I mean, west all these West Virginia fans on Twitter are telling me that Caleb Grill is going to be the next guy. Caleb <laughs> Grill is going to be a West Virginia
4: Mountaineer. Yeah. They, they have the possibility, if they get Caleb Grill, to have the most unlikable guards in all of college basketball with Grill and Kurt Creaset. So I'll
3: tell you what, they'll be able to score them with Grill, Creaset, and Jose Perez on the, in the backcourt. And you have Jesse. On paper, West Virginia will be a lot better than they've been in the last few years. But on paper, I'm not saying that that will really emanate in actual stuff because it's also seems like a pretty combustible team as well which uh they've been pretty combustible of late like (laughs) so that that's not necessarily a departure from the norm what it's been in Morgantown the last two or three years um They'll be must see TV one way or another next year I think.
4: I I just love that. I just realized I started taking shots at West Virginia here and that's just a uh, unnecessary, yeah. you know. I had to take a shot. I'm not taking a shot at our, our guys from West Virginia. I like I like those guys that we do podcasts with and shows with, but uh yeah, I I just I'm not a big Kirk Creese fan.
2: Well, yeah, I don't think you you were just taking a shot at him more than Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'm just I'm as a I just Huggins It keeps he feels like he's been flirting with the big drop off, but it hasn't happened, and he just keeps going. And now he's bringing in guys in the portal as a as a dude at his age, and like his style of coaching, which is you know I guess it it is fair to say he's not quite as turned up to eleven as like a Frank Martin, Brad Underwood is with the yelling, screaming thing, but that's kind of his vibe and he was the one that cultivated those guys as coaches so i it just surprises me that in 2023 we're still seeing huggins doing this but that's that's why the dude's in the in the hall of fame and he he finds a way and it sounds like with edwards it might be <clears throat> some kind of <clears throat> excuse me nil loophole that they've figured out because he's a foreign guy and wasn't able to get nil at syracuse Th- that that may have been a big part of that situation
3: I, I well i think most have kind of found that loophole so i don't think that was uh it was just Syracuse's problem. Not... I think, Syrac- yeah, I think Syracuse wasn't willing to discover that loophole, or at least play ball with that loophole. They or play in the NIL game at all, um, which is a problem that they have moving forward. But, well, but I will say with West Virginia, I get that that's maybe the vibe that is, or the you know, with Bob Huggins, and you guys obviously know him far well than me. But he just, I don't really see him explode ever. He's He's actually, for at least the last two or three years, been one of the most stoic coaches on the bench in college basketball. Like he just sits on a stool and, and rarely shows any kind of emotion, good or bad. So, and and if we- we'll definitely throw you under the bus in the post game presser, though. I mean, like that's the you know
2: he's still like well, that. that. I mean, Come out and say like you know we were the softest blank blank yeah. team out there today. You know he's still that guy.
3: I had yeah that no that that hasn't. Uh, departed his mantra at all. Um, he will certainly um, be very critical when he feels necessary in terms of the press conferences, but in in, in game demeanor, uh, pretty stoic. I will say, I'm not, and you, people shouldn't be absolutely stunned that Bob Huggins is willing to play the nil game or the gift game or improper benefits game because he, he was one of the inventors of that game as well. So
2: well, and he also he's the guy that helped bring us Michael Beasley and Bill Walker by basically taking a year to just recruit without having a school to recruit to, which is one of the most badass things that I feel like has, has happened in basketball in
3: recent. Yeah, months. he's he's different. He's an older coach that isn't necessarily offended by the the new wave uh, of the rules as it pertains to the NIL.
2: Yeah, which I definitely appreciate him for that. I definitely appreciate him for that. So. Yes, on that hand, uh, perhaps he deserves uh, getting guys like these in the portal. But K State will not be getting Jesse Edwards. They'll have to go somewhere else for their big because he is headed to West Virginia. The, the one other guard that I think people are interested in here is Tyler Perry uh, from North Texas. He keeps, you know, there have been a couple of tweets with him mentioning like a top six, and K State is not in there. But I know the word, DY, that you've gotten is still to not, not count K State out here. Um, it feels like. I don't know. Is it is it fair to say he's a half step below the other two guards in terms of like who you would prefer that K State's landing here?
3: No, I don't know. He's conference USA Player of the Year, uh, and that was pretty good conference this past year. So probably depends on your preference of style. Um, where if you, I don't know where he would be out in the Kansas State back in order. I think that would be unfair for me to speculate in terms, especially if they're trying to recruit all these guys and and what that goes into it on that front i would here's how i would address this i would not dismiss tyler perry despite what the lists may say and i know that sounds crazy because everyone's like well we're not going to get him he's not not on this list not on that list not on this list they might not get him but i wouldn't dismiss him because i think there's more there than what ultimately meets the eye but you might have to be patient before we discover that um that that's probably a week or two away from really knowing what direction it could go in.
2: And if she's... so you know why, it just seems. Do we know why? Like this is that just seems like such a weird dichotomy going on here. Because I can understand if, if the school is wanting to keep it quiet for whatever reason, but like with him listing off favorites to people, that just it's very curious to me.
4: Nah, I don't know. If he's, the, uh, if he's the backup plan, it's a pretty good backup plan. He's the number 23 player overall in the portal according to On3's rankings. DY mentioned Conference USA Player of the Year. Career 41% three-point shooter in two seasons on 445 attempts. Average 17.5 points per game this season. 13 a game his junior year. Career 86% free throw shooter on over 300 attempts. I think the the biggest knock or concern D.Y. John would be just his playmaking ability from a distributing standpoint, uh, you know, around 2.3 to 2.1 assists in each of his two seasons at North Texas, 78 as a junior, 74 assists uh, as a senior this past year. So not a lot lot there, but uh, a heck of a score, really good shooter. And so if he's your point guard option, you hope he can distribute more or be that off-guard option, combo guard. Um, but you know he, he's a guy that would be a, a pretty solid backup option also a guy that's a winner like jerome tang likes won the national title Jugo national title um in his career and then also obviously won the nit this last year and played for grant mccaslin the guy that jerome tang is obviously close to
3: can you really average that many assists on the team it averages like 50 points a game though.
4: well that's the thing i mean you know it, it's uh it's a slower pace, slowest pace, I believe, in college basketball with McCaslin. So, yeah, and and I don't know, like, about his playmakers around him. Like So, yeah, it, it numbers could certainly take a, a jump in terms of distribution at uh, a school like K-State. Cole, this is where you're supposed to come in with your North Texas
2: basketball watching knowledge. I expect you to know the scouting report on the playmakers around Tyler Perry and any and all mid-major recruits that K-State is going after here in the portal.
4: Yeah, you're talking to somebody that won money on North Texas in the NIT championship against UAB. So you know, I was watching North Texas. Yeah, but anybody can hop in on the NIT championship. You know, where,
2: where were you in mid-January when they were playing at UTEP? That's that's what I had.
4: I was not watching that game. I was too locked in on uh, Kansas State hoops this season for, uh, for me to watch enough of North Texas basketball. But, uh, you know. Obviously, know about Grant McCaslin and his system, defensive-minded, slow pace, uh, but a good coach.
3: I would would imagine that Kansas is looking to fill four spots, Um, spitballing there, and I think we're still thinking two guards a wing and a big. And I don't know that we know enough to really handicap what happened on the wing and at the big spot.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, it feels like those are really wide open where the focus very much so is on the guards uh, as of right now. Yeah, I would
3: say they've been, I guess, connected to the Florida State trade for Matthew Cleveland, which would make sense at wing. But, I mean, that's going to be a long and tough battle for whoever were to win that recruitment. I mean, those don't grow on trees. I think everyone's going to pursue him. The bigs? Rumors that we could see, and um, what a, a parade of quality bigs enter the portal this week. So we'll see,
4: which is needed because right now there aren't a lot of bigs in there that descri- that meet the criteria that Jerome Tang had described and what he's looking for in a five. Now, I think you and I differ a little. DY, I would take Musa Sise from Oklahoma State, who's in the portal, he's the number one center available, but I know you don't think he fits what they're looking for necessarily. So, um, yeah. He's the former Big Twelve defensive player of the year.
3: Yeah, I think it would depend on how they view him as an offensive player. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's better than what I would view. But um I mean one of the reasons why they wanted to chase a big is because they didn't want to switch offense for defense. Do you have to yeah. do that with him? Maybe not. I don't know. Depends yeah. what they view as offensive ceiling, uh and then Caden Shedrick was the other big that they were chasing. Uh he had to rearrange his visits and when he rearranged it, Kansas State wasn't included that second time around. And I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't as high on, on him. But he's another guy that was seemed to be more defense than offense. But he did come on late for Virginia. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, there's your there's your latest uh, portal update. We'll continue to keep monitoring that and keep you updated as that rolls uh, along here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, exciting times, though. Exciting times. K-State okay, in play for some some legit dudes. Some very very legit dudes. Going to wrap it up for us. Uh, make sure to drink your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in Vaughn Bourbon. Support Holiday Distillery. We appreciate the work of Jordan Foote uh, behind the scenes producing this. For Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, I am John Kurtz.
1: We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard.